0: Welcome to the WODFAM Chalk Pod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Sabo. And we are here to conclude the Rydell Saga, kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's over, dot, dot, dot. Right. There's definitely not another episode coming out in January. Mmm. Eyebrows, eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. I, I unfortunately think we have committed to covering every Rydell Saga until we die, so that's fun. Well... <laughs> I don't know when you say we.
1: <laughs> what do you mean, we? <laughs> no, oh. but yeah, we, it's, we, it's, we, I've enjoyed it enough, and I am excited about the continuation of the characters
0: right. because... And I'm down to do, like, one or two a year. Exactly. And if that's what they come out in...
1: Yeah.
0: I'm not complaining. If they drop, like, a six-parter, I think I might quit.
1: Yeah, that's that's a lot of Mori. It's a lot of his voice. Yeah. And Atticus Schaefer, if you're listening, I know you are. Um, <laughs> you know, your voice is
0: fine, but it, it
1: it does get old.
0: Yeah. So, we're talking about Rydell Revelations Part 3. It's episode 900 of Adventures in Odyssey, somehow.
1: Yeah. That, we, mm-hmm. Yeah. This, okay. Come this back is... in...
0: Like, seven years when they do episode 1,000. Yeah. <laughs> and they probably will. They're, Maybe pu- they're may- putting out, like, 24 episodes a year. So, what, that's, like, four years.
1: Yeah. They'll make it to 1,000. Maybe they'll call quits at 1,000. We can hope. Maybe Blackguard will come back and kill Wit. Oh. <laughs> and then Connie can take over as the counselor role that they're training in. Yeah. And then Will show up. Who's Will? No, Wheel. A oh, Wheel show up, yes. <laughs> we can be me. the new crying Brian Dern. <sighs> the pessimistic Christians. Yeah. On the radio. Yeah. Oh
0: no. We're, I know. we're yeah. doing great. We're so so good. So this is an episode uh, unsurprisingly written and directed by Phil Lawler. What a guy gotta love him he's got a first name and a last name and probably a middle but i don't know it that's true hmm uh it was released on the aio club july 28th of 2020 and it aired on the radio october 17th of 2020 it's track three on album 69 best kept secrets yeah the most recent epi- album of adventures and odyssey at the time of recording yeah, this is as new as Odyssey gets. For now. Yep. Until Not counting January. the club exclusives. Yeah, who does? I I apparently Odyssey, because they do number them. Hmm. So we're gonna start numbering our holiday episodes. We are starting to number our
1: holiday episodes. Tune in for that next week. This is when we have a jingle that comes in and goes Doo, do, 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 and then we can come back to the show. Really? I don't know. Uh, okay, I, I just mean, feel like the sure. plugs. It's kind of
0: yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe 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 that's what we need in twenty twenty one is more 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 musical bits. cues more bits. <laughs> yeah, you know we used to have bits. <laughs> now we just have this. <laughs> we
1: just have more. The show
0: I think was supposed to be a comedy podcast when we started it.
1: <laughs> yeah. What? Wait. Oh yeah, it was.
0: Hmm. Is it not anymore? I mean, I think we're still funny, but it's definitely become a review show. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Maybe it's
0: funny people reviewing not funny stuff. Yeah. Okay. Occasionally funny stuff. Yeah. We we covered uh shoot, what were the episodes that we liked that were funny? Um <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't meant as like a... negative, I know. But no, we, we we covered um we covered something where we were laughing pretty hard throughout.
1: Oh well, we covered Snow Day, and that was hilarious. That was our last Christmas episode. That
0: was our last Christmas episode. I feel like it's been something even more recent than that, though. Um, Oh, oh. I mean, not that it's all comedy, but the comedy of Other Side of the Glass was was hilarious because it was Wooten and Bernard. We had a yes, yeah. We that was that was a good time. Alright, so uh listeners know that we have not been covering cast uh, as we covered Rydell Revelations because we were trying heavily to avoid spoilers. So hey, we're done with Rydell Revelations. I'm gonna go Spoiler through Spoiler alert. <laughs> I'm gonna go through the three cast members that we did not get to talk about go over the it. past few. So uh we have we have Ren Hanami as Mrs. Mado. Mm-hmm. Ms. Mado? Mrs. Mado. Now I'm like Ms. Mado. Is she, why, why is she misses?
1: Uh, maybe it's a term of respect. I'm pretty sure you call in cultures like just older women, even if they're single, misses.
0: Now I now I'm pulling it up just to make sure I'm not crazy. Cr- cr- crazy, yeah. She's at least credited on the wiki as as Mrs. Mado because <sighs> that was the whole joke. Marvelous Mrs. Mado. So yeah, I don't know why she's misses. Maybe it's just for the joke. Perhaps. Um, Anyways, she's had a lot of, like, single episode on-screen appearances and stuff. She's been in episodes of Glow and Shameless and 13 Reasons Why. Also, like, three episodes of Silicon Valley. And she played a judge in the third God's Not Dead movie. So there's that. There
1: is that. God herself. We have—I have feelings about this episode and what it says about God, and by that I mean wit—
0: We'll get into it. That we will. Um, We also have, uh, last episode, we had Jason Spizak voicing Raymond Rydell. Um, Mm -hmm. Cool dude. A lot of voiceover work, some video games, animation, uh, some on-screen appearances. Um, Notably for me, Wally West and Forager on Young Justice. Um, Also voiced Razor in the Green Lantern animated series. Mm. And... The one that I think Andrew will, might have some appreciation for, because I know I do, uh, Lux Bontari in Star Wars The Clone Wars. Really? Yeah. Awesome. That's Maury's dad.
1: That's. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it worse. <laughs> that makes it worse. But Clone. I do like The Clone Wars. I was watching The Clone Wars last night.
0: It's a good time. Great um, time. And it was. Sure mm. Yeah. Mwah. Big fan. And then finally, we have uh, Mandy Fabian as Tasha Forbes. Um, So we talked last time about the fact that this is not the original Tasha voice actor. Mm -hmm. Um, However, she previously did appear as Tasha in album 50 for Mm -hmm. two episodes. So she's been around, Mm -hmm. um, but is not like the original Tasha, though she does an amazing Tasha. Yeah, you could have nearly indistinguishable.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say you could have convinced me it was the same one because it just sounds like Tasha but it older. Just,
0: yep, it sounds like Tasha. It's really great. Great. She, uh, she's had some television appearances over the years in Thirty Rock and Grey's Anatomy, and weirdly was in Bombshell last year. Okay. Oscar nominated movie. She also created a web series with Jane Lynch called Dropping the Soap. Oh, I don't want to Google that. Nope. And, uh, that's the context. (laughs) And that's the cast for this episode. Yeah. Tune in next episode to hear us talk about the cast for the next episode. (laughs) That is how the show works. We have a format. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty nice. We didn't have that when we started either. No. No, we
1: didn't. When did we start implementing cast? No idea. Yeah, me neither.
0: Let's get into the. Oh wait, no, we do the promo first. There's no, there's no promo. It's a three parter. Remember? Oh. We had a promo for part one that we played during part two, but that is it. That would be what throw me off. Yeah, I know.
1: It's a little sad. So, this episode picks off, uh, picks up pretty much, like chronologically, right where the other one left off, um, with Suzu and Emily like running through the woods. And they're freaking out. Um, It's pretty insane. This is where we get like a lot of plot exposition in this scene as far as like what we thought was happening compared to what was actually happening. So the thoughts of uh, Suzu kidnapping Emily completely debunked in this scene um, because it's explained what's actually happening. Dylan, what's actually happening?
0: Suzu pulled
1: (laughs) Emily out of her bedroom window. Yep. She's very
0: strong and nimble for presumably being, like, 12. Is there, like, her bedroom's on the second floor. We know this because they go upstairs. True. When Emily walks into the house and Suzu is upstairs, screams, that's when Emily runs upstairs. Maybe I'm just going to choose to believe that
1: there's a very, very well-grounded and well-built trellis that they can climb down.
0: (laughs) Or there's a tree, or there's a porch roof, or something, but... Or there was just a, you know, 12-year-old falling 20 feet. (laughs) Right, well, and just pulling someone out with them.
1: Yep, that's great. Suzu, you're definitely, definitely a mentally stable child that doesn't just like to steal
0: things from the embassy spoiler so, the, so so from there the two of them run to forest mountain
1: yeah where do they live in the suburbs how far away is forest mountain also forest mountain making a comeback and being just as underwhelming of a name
0: as the first time <laughs> you love to see forest mountain but they go they then go to the shack on forest mountain is that an established thing this is well, I don't know if it is it, the same. It's from, the Novacom Shack, right?
1: Like yeah, the one where
0: they've got. Yeah, yeah. Like and then, like the finale. Oh, that was on Forest Mountain, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Forest Mountain was like, yeah, because Wit drives his car out there.
0: Yeah. Oh
1: yeah.
0: Huh. So I don't know. They, they refer to Shack on fast Forest Cannon Mountain. Tweet at us. <laughs> First, get a Twitter. Then tweeted tweet the Wadfan jackpot. <laughs> we Don't know worry. you listen. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, Suzu, uh, Suzu reveals while they're running that she thinks that uh, Mrs. Mado is a spy. Oh, also, now that we have access to the wiki, how did you have Mado written in your notes previously? M a y d o. I went m a i d o w. Mado. It is M-E-I-D-O, which does culturally make the most sense, but I did not have that as what I had written. Well, yeah, that because was I always spell things the
1: way they sound, yeah. <laughs> especially if I know I'm not spelling them correctly.
0: Phonetics. Mm-hmm. English is a really stupid language. <laughs> so, yeah, Mado is, or what, Emily thinks that Mado is a spy. That is not the sentence. Let me start over. So Suzu reveals that to Emily that Mato that she's convinced Mado is a spy. Mm-hmm. She also pulls up a trapdoor mm-hmm. that she built. Yep, because trapdoor ex machina. And underneath it is just stuff she's been collecting from embassy officials. Okay, right. So these kids, and
1: I'm willing to suspend disbelief, but they are master criminals. I'm willing to suspend disbelief that these embassy officials do not have the highest security in the land, but all I know is that whenever something bad happens to an embassy official, the entire world hears about it pretty much immediately. So these kids are bawling out right now, stealing priceless artifacts and getting involved in international espionage mischief. Yeah.
0: You that's love what to that's see what this e-
1: that's what this episode is. This episode's tough. Yeah. Uh. Also, the problem of evil. Uh I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's the idea of how can evil exist in a universe that is controlled and created by an all-loving and holy God. Yes. Uh I'm pretty sure... Well, we'll get into it. We'll talk about it later. But I think that's one of the questions that this episode is trying to answer. And, Newsflash, I don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. But I kind of do.
0: So, we'll talk about it. Yep. That is the show. Um. So, right. So, Suzu's like, yeah, I s- steal gifts that, like, em- the emissaries bring in to give to people. I don't consider it stealing. I like the challenge. yeah. And then she reveals that, like, the reason she thinks Mado is a spy is because Natalie called her Mm -hmm. earlier that day and Mm -hmm. told her about Mado, and Natalie also revealed that she knew that Suzu had been stealing things, including a figurine that was for China from Canada. Mm Mm-hmm. From Russia with love. And, uh, yeah. Then we get the, like explanation of what happened last you know how like at the beginning of rydell revelations we were like there is no way they are going to tie all this stuff in in a way that's like consistent and satisfying and then the first episode happened and we were like okay they kind of did and the second episode happened we were like oh no this is this is like all working and then this episode happened and i'm like wait wait how did you tie six unrelated episodes together but failed to tie three fully related episodes together because rydell revelations part one two and three has so many like internal inconsistencies it's just the rise of skywalker the episode (laughs) i don't understand how they managed this
1: yeah no well and i i honestly think that that's that's kind of just the situation that they found themselves in And trying to, they, I don't know how much they knew if like how much of this they had planned out and how much of this was like going on as it progressed. And if Phil Phil Waller write all of it
0: no yeah, but like at this point, these three, he had complete control over Mm -hmm. and they line up with the earlier stuff. They just don't line up with each other. Well, yeah, like that's the thing that's so baffling. So they what we
1: do, but not here's well. what we are
0: to believe. So in the first episode, Maury brings in that recording mm-hmm. that is Emily goes to the house, mm-hmm. hears Suzu scream, mm-hmm. runs upstairs. Mm-hmm. There's a struggle. Her phone is left there. Mm-hmm. What actually happened? Suzu got to her house hid while mato
1: tore her room apart because she saw mato yeah, tearing her room apart looking for her journal that had all this valuable information regarding right. this special
0: what is it maple leaf yes so mato hid while she tore the room apart sorry suzu hid from mato while mato tore the room apart mato left Suzu walked into her room, Emily showed up, Suzu screamed, Emily went upstairs, Suzu dragged Emily out a window? Yeah. Dropped her phone and the notebook.
1: I just... How did she leave her phone? I... Oh, no, Emily dropped her phone.
0: Yeah. That's... Like, I... It just doesn't... Probably just a and then the phone but, fell out of But her why hand. did she pull her out the window at that point if Mato had already gone through her room? Why
1: wouldn't they have just hidden,
0: and then she could have had her phone, and then none of this But also, where was Mato when Emily showed up? If she's not there, there's no threat, and no reason they have to go out the window. If she is she there, the why would messy? she just be silent? If she's a
1: world-class spy, why would she leave the room messy?
0: It just... It, I... I have feelings. I, I'm i just so frustrated by, like...
1: I enjoyed the episode. I would like to say I that. I know. I
0: did, too, for the most part. It but it does raises not work. Some <laughs> questions. But <laughs> it really falters under analysis because I'm trying to... Because, like, from the get-go, we were like, that does not sound like a struggle. And, like, we were constantly guessing at what it was. Mm-hmm. And what it actually is is... Suzu dragging Emily out of the window for reasons that are unclear because she's trying to get away from Mado, who doesn't appear to be in that scene because if she was like, that would have come up. Maybe maybe she was in the bathroom. right like I, and they didn't have time to get
1: back downstairs because the bathroom was in between her and the staircase. Yeah, it's maybe maybe that's it. It's
0: so but then how wouldn't she have noticed if she got there in the first place? I, I, it's so weird. I need explanation. If someone has an idea and can explain this well, send us that, and we will try to understand what is going on here. But I'm I, open to knowing. I just yeah, don't. <coughs> I I I just I would argue that because we cannot figure it out, it may have already like that may have mean it already failed. But mm-hmm. still, if you've got a theory as to how this makes sense. I'm game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway... So so it's at this point where I'm like, oh, so she left the notebook at the house. Mm-hmm. Mado is evil, mm-hmm. which I would like to point out you correctly predicted last episode. Thank when you. When we were rapid-firing things at the end, and I said, is Mado evil? And you said, yes. 100%. <laughs> it was great. Um, and she is evil oh this yeah episode so
1: so and that's again part of my question regarding mado is i think that she's getting sloppy my head cannon is that this is like the last her last spy mission she wants to retire she i mean been that's like,
0: not head cannon. that's stated in the
1: episode yeah yeah and so she's sloppy leaves the room messy and gives herself up. And then, right, oh, by the Suzu way...
0: Suzu hid from her while she was tearing the room apart. And then somehow Suzu... Like, that's set in the episode. Yeah. And then somehow Suzu got into the room. Mado disappeared. Emily showed up. And the two of them went out a window. Mm-hmm. Also that Mori could get a recording that didn't sound like Emily was kidnapping Suzu or vice versa. It's... Ah, it's so... It's so messy. Um,
1: yeah, it doesn't line up well. We don't like messes. Um It it's just
0: you sh- I'm okay with inconsistencies in a whole arc. We've talked about that with Novacom and with Blackard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The fact that there are inconsistencies within a three-parter is, is so weird. It's really I just tough. don't have an explanation for it.
1: Well, it's just they're the inconsistencies serve the greater means which is
0: mystery yeah
1: mystery. like i guess and it makes also it more... had to get the journal so that she could track her to the the novacom shack on forest mountain right and then
0: take uh yeah you know, so, the, the, yeah. yes so, so i have this realization here that where i'm like oh if Mado's evil, then like the clue that she gave Wit and Maury about like the treehouse was just made up, and mm-hmm. she's about to show up at the shack, and then she shows up at the shack.
1: Yep, yep, yeah. Well, because they 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 basically say that like Suzu's terrified that like no, if she knows it, she knows everything. If
0: she has. And then it. she like kicks down the door and says, "Here's Johnny." Like it's yeah, just yeah. it's so weird and over crazy. the top like evil
1: yeah and then the escape comes from literally emily parker okay which again good this is a great emily episode because she sacrifices herself to save suzu
2: yeah but
1: she doesn't really sacrifice herself because she they make it incredibly clear that mato did absolutely nothing to her because this is a kid show and
0: she, she is a child and she also has very little to do this episode emily? which is yeah yeah it's unfortunate a bit of a bummer Matthew's not even in it. Yeah. Cuz he's out but of But then the at the very
1: game. end we get wit going, "You three are very special, <laughs> and he loves you very much. But he's going to let bad things happen to you to test your ability." Because that's God. <laughs> like I said, we have feelings. It's okay. Theological differences are here and and I'm I'm willing to make compromises and say that, you know what? I understand exactly, I feel like, not exactly, but I understand a, the general principle of uh, of where they're coming from as far as the sure, compromises they're making. Sure, I would making.
0: argue that, so... What, wit shouldn't be God, though. Right, okay, yeah, yeah, this, this, this <laughs> is the point, is, like, stepping as taking a step away and saying, like, regardless of what you believe, if we just take it at face value that, like, you know... God determines that bad things happen for His good, mm-hmm. which is you can interpret the Bible that way easily. Yes. for sure. And I,
1: yeah, and most people do. And yeah, I think and that I, don't I know that did I they disagree, disagree entirely. That?
0: No, but so just because God can do that, does by no means mean that wit should do that.
1: But that's what they wrote wit to be, and it's so problematic because. Well, uh, we're getting way yeah, ahead. We, of we are.
0: It's really hard to hold back this episode. Yeah,
1: it's so hard because there's so much that happens. We we just glanced over the fact that Mrs. Mado literally like went full Karate Kid and chopped down the door, and then and then a twelve year old threw a bunch of crates at her, and Suzu got away.
0: <laughs> yeah, Suzu got away with the figurine. Yep. Emily stays with Mado. Which I, in my head, for some reason, this figurine
1: looks like a, uh, like some sort of like acting award. It's like made of crystal. Um, so the question is, what is the significance of, the, um, what is the significance of the figurine? Why does Mato, who is a spy, want the figurine? To find out, we cut to. Tasha and uh Wit Yeah and back Maury. in Wits office. Yeah. And and we get Tasha being like, Oh man, same Wits and same Wits office and and I I love it. I think it's so cool that they throw that little nostalgia bone being like, Oh, there's somebody who's been here before and some things don't change. Um, that's that very nice and sweet. But then we talk about small fish, and by that I mean a microfish.
0: that we do small fish merch coming soon
1: a small fish inside of a poppy figurine
0: it's a maple leaf
1: i know i know but the poppy would be more upsetting for asian people apparently (laughs) all right so chinese not asian that's racist sorry
0: so, yeah, they... Uh, d- 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 hmm. Tasha suspected, and her agency suspected that Mado was a spy. They had not been able to catch her. Well, no, they knew
1: she was a spy. We already knew she was a good spy, but it turns out she's a bad spy.
0: No, 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 but I'm saying that, like, the two of them, like, Tasha... Yeah. ...was placed at the embassy... Yeah. ...because they suspected Mado of being a spy, and they were trying to catch her spying. Yeah. So they set up a sting... In which they put a very valuable microfiche with, and I quote, DNA-encoded biotech in a maple leaf as bait for her. Now, you'd think if you were trying to bait an international spy, you, you wouldn't... wouldn't use something that's actually valuable? Especially if it's on a small fish. But they did. <laughs> <laughs> They went with something that's very valuable, and the way that this thing showed up (laughs) is in a maple leaf figurine that was being given to China by Canada, but Tasha, who's working for an American agency, is the one who put the microfiche in it, to Bait Mado, who is working for Undisclosed Bad Place. Yeah. Like, Undisclosed
1: I, bad face, also undisclosed bad place that gives her a portable microfiche scanner that she uses, and being like, "Hmm, plot inconvenience." This says this is legit.
0: Yes. Uh we'll get into that scene because boy, um, so, so right then, um, so they did this whole thing, mm-hmm. and Tasha knew that. Mori and Suzu had been stealing embassy gifts, because if she didn't know this, she'd be a bad spy. Yes. However, she still organizes a sting involving a fi- like one of these gifts that will then be stolen by them, and she never realizes that they stole it.
1: Yep. So So good
0: at her job. Right. So they... The... so this microfiche is supposed to be Mado's last mission. Mm. We find out for reasons, mm-hmm. um,
1: from undisclosed bad place.
0: Yeah. And so Mori there's something called remembrance day, which is a real thing mm-hmm. that, and like Mori was like, Oh, let me cause some chaos. And like Canadians wear poppies and China hates poppies. So mori hacked in to the, to the Canadian, like, email servers and, like, sent a message to the Canadians saying, hey, it's okay to wear poppies, even though you were briefed and told not to. Mm -hmm. And they believed that. And so they showed up with poppies and started a fight, an international incident in an embassy. And during that confusion, Suzu stole this maple leaf, which contained a microfiche that was bait for Mado, Mm -hmm. with DNA-encoded biotech. And Tasha didn't know that that was stolen. She only found out that it was stolen by them today when she spied on. Mado. She caught. Right. Yeah. They were like, suspecting. Tasha's then... agency was spying on Mado's agency and found out that they, they had... thought yeah. that Mori and Suzu had the thing. And I'm like, how did Tasha not know this? It's been months. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. And then how long was
1: she in Odyssey before this? Because then it, there's this idea that there are spies everywhere. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, like, I mean,
0: kind of, but also well, maybe not. I and, mean, that's the... St- she says and, she won't say, which yeah. is supposed to be like, oh, then there are, but, like, there might not be. No, yeah. Maybe, maybe it's just Jason. He's living in a cabin in the woods, training, waiting to come back. <laughs> yeah. Having been outed, he needs to come back as... uh. D- I don't know, new new Batman? Jason. I, 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 yes. Oh, that's the play. Yes. Batman. <laughs> yeah. Power Boy. Power. Oh. Hmm. Jason Whitaker is Power Boy. Coming to a theater, fictional theater near you. Yeah. Because real theaters are all out of business. Um. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> pour one out. Yeah. Um, really. <laughs> so, yeah. So then. I don't know. Su- Suzu like then barges into the room, mm-hmm. basically knocks down the door, is what it sounds like, and she's got the make- maple leaf. Mm-hmm. And Tasha's like, "Where's the microfiche?" And and, and Wits like, like, "Where's Emily?" Yeah. And this becomes like a thing that they argue about. Well, and which is fair, more important?
1: I when I was listening to this, I was like.
0: Yeah, wait. No. We don't care about
1: the corporate thing. We want we want the child. Right. <laughs> there's a child.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I I agree. But Tasha doesn't, and that's also her job. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's not really judgment on Tasha. Nope. But uh so that it's at this exact moment because of course it is mm-hmm. that that oh well, and yeah, there's you know, Suzu and Tasha bond over her being Natalie and mm-hmm. um They kind of catch each other up. And then, uh... Mado calls Emily's phone that Maury has. Yes. Without a passcode, because he got the passcode out of her locker. Wait. Oh, he got the passcode
1: out of Emily's locker. Why does she have her passcode in her locker? How did this come back? (laughs) How? How did that stupid joke come back?
0: It doesn't... Uh, Because I am stubborn. Um... So, right. no, no, it shouldn't have been written they, in there. I, I agree. So they talk on the phone, and Wit talks to Emily, and she says that she, oh, Maida wants to swap the microfiche for Emily, which, of mm-hmm. course. Which, how many times have we had, like, Odyssey villain has a hostage negotiation? Every time? Cause, right, like, that's, <laughs> Just, every time! I, I realize that's also, like, most things. It's not just an Odyssey trope. But it is weird that, like, every arc has a hostage negotiation. Well,
1: and now that we're treating these characters like people, I cannot wait for the therapy episode after this one, where Emily, like, basically almost dies, like, three times, and she's like, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Nobody should be allowed around wit after this, and nobody should be... Like around, allowed around, you know, the Rydell's.
0: Like yes, yep, uh huh. As far as safety is concerned, well, it's not. <laughs> Amen to that. So, <laughs> so right. Emily explains that she's in this bunker and references the escape room and the portable imagination station. Oh, which is like, oh, okay. So like they're gonna do some sort of like she's doing the tasha blinking hints yep. but in mm-hmm. a less cool way yeah. to them like everyone does in every hostage negotiation yep in odyssey but it's not blinking
1: because right. phil lawler wrote that one too he did that's a good one it's one of the best yeah so, so <laughs> yeah where do we go from here <laughs>
0: They're going to do a swap at the old waterworks at 5 with Suzu alone. Mm -hmm. Because, of course, because it's a hostage negotiation in Odyssey, which happens every week. Is it at 5 or is it at 6? It is at 5. The wiki says 6. Well, the wiki is wrong.
1: Well, it's worth noting. At the waterworks at 6 is what the wiki says. Wow.
0: Now I'm trying to find that.
1: Uh, The second to last paragraph. Very beginning.
0: The water works at six. Yeah, it's at five. Well, Pour one it's a out good for thing the we know somebody. <laughs> wit and Tasha then argue about who it's more important to, to to bring. Like, is it more important to get Emily to keep the, the information, whatever? And Maury's like, we've got a way to do both, and we're going to have to work together. So everybody team up. Let's go. Yeah, but you're going to have to trust me. And they're like... Hmm,
1: well, I guess to save the child, we'll have to trust the other child who's also a criminal mastermind.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, so they're going to use his box and make some sort of simulation and it's yep. going to be kind of yada yada. Mm-hmm. And I was right. Yep. Um. So Suzu goes to meet Mato, Mm hmm. Emily is handcuffed to a chair. Yep, terrifyingly so. How good are you? Like, how are you
1: doing? Are you okay? She's like, well, as well as anybody who, or anybody can be who's
0: handcuffed to a chair, which is true, but like also, she is 12. Yes. Then we get possibly the worst line of dialogue in any Odyssey episode, which is, uh, uh, Mato saying, you look different somehow, and Suzu responding, it's what happens when someone you trust betrays you. <laughs> yeah you look like augmented reality <laughs> right
1: right is that super meta and deep or is it just
0: bad writing it's just it's just a clunky line of dialogue it's clunky it
1: yeah i don't like know stack of cobblestone worse right
0: i maybe went overboard in saying it's the worst dialogue in the show there's I'm I'm positive that there is worse. <laughs> we've heard some pretty funny stuff, <laughs> but it's just oh, it's so clunky and it just feels like like they're trying to like slightly set up that Mato's like aware that something's going on here, but like not at all. Well, they just don't have the time. It's 25 minutes,
1: and we've had so much action this episode because there was so much that needed to happen. Like we had fifty minutes of setup. For twenty-five minutes of action, and yeah. this episode is all of the action. Yeah, I would also this like. This is the p- battle of five
0: armies of this episode.
1: Yeah, <laughs> of this arc.
0: Other thing, now that I'm looking at the uh, at the the it's actually uh, a pretty strong description comparison. in uh in Rydell Revelations Part Three on the wiki. Um, they alternate the spellings of Mado. Sometimes it's M E I D O, and sometimes it's M A D O. In like oh, the same yeah, yeah, sentence. I see, yeah, I see. Or like it here. sentences next to each other. So. What,
1: what's the the character?
0: The character is written as M-E-I-D-O. Yes, but I don't know if that's canon or if that's speculation. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it really doesn't. There's then this. So it's that line of dialogue. Yep. Then Mato monologues for a while. Yep. Suzu. Gets the leaf out of her backpack. Yep. Mado takes it and smashes it. Grabs the microfiche. Emily goes, that's a microfiche! Because she's a nerd. Yep. Mato then breaks out a portable scanner and verifies that the microfiche is authentic. Tells Suzu that there's a key hanging from the ceiling that will unlock the yep. handcuffs. Yep. And there's a ladder there. Then she tries to exit the door, and the doors are locked. Yep. Then Mori starts talking through the ceiling, but is using a voice modulator for some reason, even though she's like, Mori, is that you? And it's immediately like, yes. (laughs) Like, everyone knows it's Mori. Why is he modulating his voice?
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, and I think it's a lot more fun if he doesn't modulate his voice. And just be like, aha, you're getting punked, kid.
0: So, Mado then grabs Suzu and puts her in a chokehold. Yeah. Mori says, you know, the waterworks still has water in the pipes. And starts to fill the room with water. Mado calls his bluff. Yeah. And is like, you're not going to kill your sister and your friend. And, um, what's her name? Emily's like... You know, well, he already tried to suck the oxygen out of the room, which, one, she knows isn't true. Mm -hmm. So is she intentionally trying to sell this, or does she think Mori doesn't care if she dies? I'm not entirely sure. I don't think that she is, either. Yeah. And then uh, Wit comes in. Yep. And is like, you know, you gotta see this, Mado. And Suzu walks in behind her. Yep. The Suzu that Mato is holding transforms it, into Tasha. Who roundhouse kicks her to the face. <laughs> right, who in, the like, Mato's confusion takes her down and, hey, the good guys have won. Great. <laughs> this is such a bad sequence.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's, you're right, you're right. What, what you said about this being a very, um, it it does connect all of it together just not in a very uh cohesive way it's it's just it's
0: like if, if this is like I don't know the... how
1: you can connect stuff uncohesively but this episode did <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's like when you put a puzzle together but you just get
0: lazy and just start kind of pushing the pieces <laughs> together it's like wow well, yeah. it Right. So, right. Then, yeah, Tasha takes down Mado, grabs the microfiche from her, mm-hmm. and Mori runs in and is so excited. Mm-hmm. And Wit unlocks Emily from the chair. And there we go! We concluded things! Yay! Yay. You know, the room was a sim! I was right! And Wit does this really casual drop that has me... Very interested in what Odyssey's plan for this is, where he talks about the fact that they, like, combined, like, Maury's box tech mm-hmm. with the idea of the escape room. Mm-hmm. And also, it had, was working on some tech to make people transform. Yeah. So, I, I we can't, we can't break down the, one, this is such a visual sequence yep. that it's hard to understand what's going on in the audio drama. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I don't want to nitpick the logistics of, like, how it all worked or happened because it's not going to hold up. No, obviously. But most Odyssey stuff doesn't. Yeah, but, like, like especially, just, like, I don't know. I, so, so, again. So like, we- no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I can't leave this. Like, what was their idea? That Maury was gonna like speak like so they they went into the waterworks before Mato was there mm-hmm. so they could set up projectors that but I guess it's all happening in Mato's head because that's what happened with Emily but is it actually happening in the physical space or is it it's all just in her head? Does do they know? So are did they have? Did they know what her scanner was going to look like and create, like, a digital copy of the mic- microfiche? Or is this, like, AR? Like, what's the... I don't understand. And how is the full-sized Tasha able to disguise herself as Suzu and be put in that chokehold, and Mato doesn't realize that that's it that is a different person? And, like, the all of that was just so they could, like, catch Mato. Like, it's the clearly, problem it's, is... It's clearly the wanting... scarecrow
1: stuff. That he sprays yep. in Batman Begins. They wanted, That makes the bad person see stuff.
0: They wanted Maury to be there and to be the key component in bringing her down. However, Mori doesn't really, like, all of this is just so that, like, Tasha can kick her and they win.
1: Yeah. Well, and they also haven't set up maurys they haven't explained anything more he's been doing for the most part they just say he's good at computers yeah he can do whatever he wants he's, he's very mathy he does and math. like it's, it's, and math solve problem yes
0: yeah it's just i don't i don't really get it it's i don't either it's not it's not a clear or clean sequence and it just kind of the only way to appreciate
1: it is to just go past it at driving speed and be like oh Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Like, right. Maybe if we weren't trying to analyze this we could kind of be like, oh, okay. Well, and
1: that's what I was kind of saying earlier. Where it's like, I genuinely did enjoy this episode, but it falls apart under the
0: smallest amount of scrutiny. Oh, in the so exact it same- actually is Rise of Skywalker. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what i am like, saying. like, I went to the movies and was like, oh, yeah, that was fun. And then I left and I was like, that what was, was so that movie? That That sucked.
1: You tried to tie together eight completely unrelated films and you used Emperor Palpatine? I'm just talking about the movie now. But anyway. No, that's fair. Can we now talk about Wit being God and the problem of evil? Because I've been waiting.
0: Okay. And by waiting, I mean not really. We need need to tie up a little bit here, I think. Go for it. Which is just like... Tasha hugs Maury and Suzu, says bye, tells Wit not to say anything to Jason. Mm -hmm. Wit returns his emily's phone to her mm-hmm. and emily's like and maury's like oh you can finish your thing now and she's like yeah i guess i was wrong it wasn't you it was you and suzu and then we says that he knew everything mm-hmm. including the escape room
1: so that's so.
0: does does he say that he
1: knew everything like my question is does he know stuff he didn't—he said earlier that he didn't know when it was happening. He didn't know the escape room. He knew that Maury was capable of this stuff. And as long as that's but, the case, then I feel okay no, about it. But it does but not seem that that's the case. He, he makes a point to say, like, he allowed
0: all of this to happen. Because he's God, and God God has to have justice. And, uh, well, yeah, I— yeah. I have to get into that with you, I, but I first we just have to understand what's going on here. Yep, I know. Which is, wit just basically says, like, that he knew everything that was happening. But then he let it go anyway. He congratulates Emily on solving it all. Yep. And he says he thinks maybe he should have stepped in sooner, mm-hmm. but that he didn't because, quote, you three are special. Yeah. He then asks you get extra trauma. <laughs> he then asks Emily about the parable of the talents. Yep. That's- and she summarizes it. And Wit says, Wit says, I think the part that's often glossed over is the line where the master gave them talents, each according to their ability. Which just a fun thing is also a uh part of, you know, that's that's the part of a Karl Marx quote.
2: Mm-hmm
0: which obviously, I mean, he's drawing on the Bible for that quote, but regardless, from from each according to his ability to each according to his needs, is the Communist manifesto, manifesto. Oh, I know, I own it. <laughs> and so, it's just, I don't know, it's it's just the, any sort of, the, even, uh, obviously, both are referencing the Bible. It's not like Wit is referencing Karl Marx. I just think it's so funny to think about Wit and a Communist in the same breath. <laughs>
2: yeah (laughs) point proven
1: everybody just gets smaller sized ice creams it would make sense they're always free anyway (sighs) what's a communist you heard it here folks
0: so he then says you three need to use your abilities yep i see so much of myself in you and when i was growing up i was given the opportunity to live up to my potential didn't his mom die at a traumatically young age yes oh my gosh it was it basically feels like old person thinks kids have too much supervision now mm. is the way that that reads yeah no for sure Is just for like sure. oh yes kids these days don't actually get to go out and adventure and do things on their own now they're like heavily monitored and because of that like And also, video games are evil, right? And so, because of all that, like they're becoming, like they're growing up to be worse people who don't have real life experience. And it's like I don't think I I, disagree if that's the point you're making, which maybe it's not, but it's the way it feels. Yeah, and And I would question how many children you've talked to, because I would
1: say that children nowadays know way more than I do when I was
0: a kid. And he and Wit says that he needs he 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 needs to handle these three differently than the other kids some of the adventures they get into will not always be tame yeah such an easy such an interesting word choice it's very cs lewis mm-hmm. um with you know i mean that's the whole thing with aslan um is mm-hmm. that he's not tame and so i was like oh it's funny to just i don't know i i I once again feel like I don't know what connections I should be drawing and what I shouldn't. I'm just, it's floor, kind of stream of consciousness, consciousness for me. But he didn't, he doesn't want to limit them. Yeah. He, yeah. Can we can we finish the episode yeah, and then it. loop yep. back, I yep. guess? Because we're so close yeah, at this point. Yeah. And I've got, we've got a lot we got to talk about. So uh, Emily's dad comes to pick her up. It has already filled him in. And Maury asks Emily if, like, they can be friends. And she's like, I have no idea. Yeah, which I think is a very good answer. Yes, no, that is the correct answer. Actually, the correct answer might be no. Um, (laughs) But at the very least, like, this is a good attitude. Mm -hmm. Um, Then, uh, yeah, then they go through this whole thing about, like, Mado not being there and her being their legal guardian and this being the place that, Mori's dad wants them, and Wit agrees to temporarily take in Mori and Suzu, um, which I think we called. Mm-hmm. And also, um, yeah, uh, it's interesting. Because this sort of thing has almost happened so many times over the history of Odyssey, and it never does. Where Wit takes somebody in? Like, there are multiple circumstances where Wit is like, considering taking someone in Mm -hmm. um i mean obviously like tony and brianna are the Mm -hmm. like big ones that Mm -hmm. we can think of and where he does take them in for a bit yeah um but even like clara like the idea of wit like more directly like like having children in his household is something the show has flirted with a lot and always said like no and so it's interesting even though it's temporary that this is happening
1: well, and to be honest with you, um I like Stoika with being a dad or a grandfather yeah. to these kids. Um I think that his voice is amazing. I love Andre Stoika's voice, and i I think I've talked about it on the show before. I think that he's a I think that he's a very good wit, and I'm excited to hopefully see what they do. <laughs> What they do with that, I mean, I like Mori and Suzu. We've talked about that before, where I like their characters. I hope that they continue with them. So I I can't say that I'm mad to see these characters carry on, especially if it means that they still get to be an odyssey. And you do get this kind of idea that for Mori and Suzu, it's good for them to be an odyssey, and they're beginning to recognize that. And I will say that the show does a decent job as far as tying that into them not having good... trusting relationships and then watching these people be genuine and i think suzu who is somebody who has historically been sensitive to the actions of other people especially emily when emily literally sacrificed herself to save her like i think that if they talk about that it's only going to be suzu being like that was the moment that I decided to be a Christian, or like that was, you know, that was a turning point for me and trusting the people here and believing that this was good for me. Um, like I think that that's that's very, very good. Uh, wit is very in this scene, very emphasis of uh, of consequences,
0: which is true, but that's just kind of wits' thing, yeah, right. And the, it literally ends with the them, him like saying there will be some consequences, and them groaning. Yeah. Which just feels so childish after what we've just been through. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, you're not going to
1: have any TV because you stole a thing from an embassy that had a small fish in it with bio-DNA technology or whatever. Like, yeah, I don't know. All right. Let's talk about the problem of evil, and by that I mean what they did with wit because i know we have other stuff we want to talk about and i just want to touch on it real quick so the problem of evil as is often called the theodicy um in like historical and uh, theological texts is the idea of how can god exist with uh, or in how can a sovereign and all loving and holy god create a universe that uh in which exists so much pain evil and suffering and that's kind of what this episode's talking about, right? So what what is Witt's role here? Is he's permitting if as long as he knows about all of this, like right, he even concedes, maybe I should have inter like I should intervene sooner. To which I would say that, like I don't know that you can paint a character to be like God and then have them say that and then go back to them being God. Because what picture is that painting about God? Right. It's just it's really really tough for me because what you want in for wit in that situation is to be the adult and be like, "Hey, I want you guys to be first, safe, and and yeah, like I want you to be happy and I want you to be healthy and I want you to be safe." Like th- those are like the three basic needs that that, you know, adults seek to secure for their kids. And wit does none of that. <laughs> like Emily, over the course of this arc, is miserable,
0: and unsafe, and unhealthy. Yep. Like... But I, she gets so much joy out of solving these cases.
1: Yeah, so in what, in what instance is Wit any better than Mrs. Mado? Right. Who's just doing something to fulfill her purpose. It's... It's almost like looking at the world as a means to an end is flawed. Yeah. I think that the displeasure that I'm experiencing, I know for me it's just because I can't separate it from it, but like, it doesn't sit well in my stomach because I don't think that the point of sadness is that sadness has to have a point. For me, like if you look at the, we've talked about the story of Job, like, Mm -hmm. Job bad stuff happened to job not because he was a bad person bad stuff happened to job because bad stuff happened to job it it doesn't have to have a reason but what we learned in that story is that you respond to bad things happening by understanding that you have a finite mind and that you are loved by an infinite god and even when things are at its worst you don't know because job had everything and more restored to him yeah like i think that that's just the only take, right? I just it's so it's so frustrating then to see wit who's like well maybe I should have intervened sooner like I get it I understand you want to let kids develop on their own but the idea the idea that you use that to justify hands-off parenting that is neglecting the kids thoughts and feelings is really tough and who knows, hope I mean, this is a problem of covering Odyssey that we don't have anything
0: after. We don't know what sure, they're gonna do with this. But, but but historically they haven't! But the but the show <sighs> is also is saying that I mean it Weed is saying that He allowed everything to happen and good came from it. Yep. Which is exactly what Maury did. Right. Right, and, and and Maury makes that comment, and Wit like, affirms him. Yep. Like, Maury says, oh, to bring out the good in people, and Wit kind of, like, nods along and is like, yeah. Like,
1: the sh- good, bringing the good out of people in God's way isn't the same as bringing out the good in people in man's way, even though they look the exact same. No, no, I would argue you're just changing what you think about God to make sense to you. It just,
0: it... I cannot land where this episode lands with Maury's actions being justified because good came from them. Because also, what was the good that came from them? Emily felt Emily and Matthew are back together. <laughs> like, Emily felt good about completing mysteries. We still and didn't Mado get got and got caught. Like all of that could have happened separate. Like it didn't. I don't
1: I I think I've said just about everything I wanted to say regarding that. It's 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 tough. It, I don't it know doesn't if s- I have. Okay, go for it, man. No,
0: I'm just it I kind of can't believe that Maury's actions were not condemned.
1: Well, they were semi-condemned in passing as a... Yeah, they weren't really condemned. They were not condemned. Not for the consequences that they should have. I mean, he is a criminal mastermind.
0: Yeah. And they say that, oh, he's just a kid. And that's true. That is true. He is a child. So I'm not saying that he needs to be like... He should go to Juvie. He should go to
1: Juvie like Richard Maxwell. We should get another Maxwell arc. That was great.
0: yeah or just I don't i the idea that there is this child who did a bunch of bad stuff for twisted motives, but that we allowed it because it was going to be for the greater good of the characters. I'm just like i think I think my problem is maybe like if this was if Odyssey was a symbolic platform for storytelling. I could maybe understand what they were trying to do here and have but still frustrations, but the fact that Odyssey is a like is is a grounded and realized place mm-hmm. makes it that much harder for me to be okay with what they're suggesting. Well, especially in the the surrogate because nature. because it's not like it's not like an Aslan thing, which no. isn't. They as a symbol of God. He is a human being. Yeah, and the right
1: thing for him to do would be to intercede on behalf of the children that are in danger.
0: Right, because he is. Oh, so- but they were never really in danger. But it's like no, no, no. No, if there you was another say spy. That, it, well, <laughs> absolutely, all of the Mato stuff, for sure. Which is like the one thing we didn't know about. Mm-hmm. But I think. Saying that they were never physically in harm's way throughout all of this. And that's what justifies the ends? Exactly. What is about that, the emotional damage? Right. Then completely glosses over how emotionally scarring this is. And, and the thing so, is that
1: the characters have alluded to it. Like, the best part, at least for us, the best parts of this series have been when the
0: characters are acknowledging what's happening. Yeah. So, like, do you remember last episode when... Maury and Wit are having a conversation about... And Maury is basically saying, well, I am doing the same things you were doing. And Wit starts to talk and then gets interrupted by Tasha. And we mm-hmm. never loop back to that conversation. Yeah. When I when you and I talked about it, we were like, no. Like, what Maury does isn't like Wit. what Wit does because, like, people have choice in some stuff, mm-hmm. which... People have then pointed out to me, very fairly, that there is also some instances, especially regarding, like, Room of Consequence, where, like, people are essentially unwillingly, like, manipulated. Yeah. And that, for me, thinking about Maury's point and thinking about that... Is like, oh, is maybe Wit in the wrong. It turns out if that conversation had continued, Wit would have just said, like, yes, Maury, you are just like me. You're what you're doing is great. Yeah. Like, that's where this episode ends. Yeah is with this idea that like what Maury's doing is good.
1: It's so good. And clearly. I
0: can't. I take c- it. I no, can't
1: handle especially that. Especially because the entire arc has been watching him hurt pe- characters that we
0: genuinely enjoy. Yeah, yeah, and it. Oh, it just pisses me off. Like I can't get into this. The other thing is just like the the
1: logical. This album is titled "Best Kept Secrets." I don't think they were
0: best or kept. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And then, yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna just go and poke more frustr frustration holes in like how this whole thing works as a saga and whatever because it's the end i can Mm. i'm just whatever i'm sorry go for it but the two things that really bother me one The first part of the Rydell Revelations, Witt has that whole thing where he, like, confronts more. And he's like, actually, I do think you've been evil this whole time. And he's like, and one of the reasons that, like, helped me get to that is, like, I met Anya Popoff. Mm -hmm. And, like, that Jordan guy. And, like, they, Mm -hmm. you know, told me this stuff. And it's like, yeah, but you also claim to have already known everything. Yeah. So why did you need that? You wouldn't, it wasn't like Wit solved a mystery. He had the completed document and was looking at it. Well, if he had the, he definitely had a much more
1: simplified version of the mystery. Yeah. Like, like a infinitely more simplified. Right. And yet he comes out on top and he's like, see, I was right all
0: along. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Wait. You you knew everything the whole time and you allowed this, but like you didn't know things. The the reason in the first episode what you present, John Avery Whittaker, is that you were able to piece together this mystery based off of seeing these people and analyzing the audio. What you tell us in this episode is you knew at the time of those events that Maury was behind it. So which is it? Were you lying to Mori in the first episode? Or are you lying now? These cannot both be true. You presented to Mori that you solved the mystery through these means. And then you told everyone here at the end that they weren't in danger that you knew all along. Yeah, you make an excellent point. I just don't get it. And also... I would like to read... Word for word, wit's prayer at the end of oh, the that's... secret of the writer's ruse that we talked about in that episode as being really good at being wit, having a hint that something wasn't sitting right but not knowing what it was. Mm-hmm. And we talked about in that episode how good it was for wit to like notice that something was up and be calling out to God to help figure it out. But he knew everything all along. Because so, he's cat. So he doesn't, so like this prayer is moot. But here it is anyways. So Christians are hypocrites. Dear, so we're learning. Yeah, wait, wait's a hypocrite. Dear Lord, there was something about that moment that wasn't right. Maury said he wanted to make Matthew and Emily feel better. But there's more to it than that. There's a secret here that feels unsettling. You're the revealer of secrets, Lord. If there's something more to this, something I need to do, make it clear to me. Cut to, I knew everything all along, I allowed it to happen, it was good.
1: Because I was acting in accordance to God because he didn't tell me to like, do those anything? things are
0: just in such... That's the only they're, way they're, I can conceivably at, connect it. They're at odds with each other in a way that really bothers me. No, they they totally are, because they,
1: they took a, a Wit character that we love, and that we saw good parts of in this series, and then they were like... Made him complicit with the emotional scarring of children, and And that's like the opposite of wit. Yeah, and where and where I thought like maybe there was meta, and then they were like, "Oh, it's meta. It's all about you know, it's bigger than this. This isn't just this microcosm. This is." sometimes in life you just got to let kids be kids and let them yeah. figure stuff out on their own. It's like, yeah, but uh, why? This episode could have been 21 minutes and I would have liked it way
0: more. <laughs> but just that that thing of... Right, because the thing is, we can nitpick the plot details, mm-hmm. and, and that's fun, and we do it, and we are... It's fun. Right. But the thing that matters at the end of the day is the... Is for us to get into what the theology here is. Yeah. And that's where I'm having issue. I can look past plot details. They can make me upset, but in like a jokey way. Yeah. This is like genuinely upsetting. So what do you think... So
1: so here's my question. Yeah. If we have this thing conveyed where like... What do you think the solution to the problem of evil is, or what? What do you? What do you? You said that you you have theological disagreements. Like, uh, do you haven't? Do you have any sort of counter thoughts? Not necessarily answers, but things that you would suggest instead.
0: The 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 point I was trying to make is that I believe that God works all things to His good. Amen. Hallelujah. I do not believe that wit works, works all, all things, things to his good. good. Amen, hallelujah. Mod <laughs> fam, chalk <pot> out. Like <laughs> I, I don't think that wit I, is not God. new t- Yeah, well, like, <laughs> Instead I don't. Of God's not wit. <laughs> I don't. The the wit taking a back seat. Because he believed that, like, all these things were going to play out in a way that is good is just really hard for me to live with. mm mm-hmm. so, Because it's not...
1: So, as a parent, I've heard a lot of things... Or not as a parent. As a, I have children. <laughs> From my parents I've heard a lot of things and that functioning as a parent is very difficult as far as uh knowing when to intercede as far as in the lives of your children and manipulate yeah. things. And that and that yep. so that's a very reasonable thing to do. Um But they're people and you can't like the the, the question this is entirely solved by Wit saying I should have stepped in sooner instead of saying, maybe I should have. Right. I should have right. stepped in sooner. I should... This is... Right. You want You want that prayer that we just brought back up that meant something? You want that to keep meaning something? Say that Wit screwed up.
0: Dude, imagine if the show let Wit be fallible in this instance and <gasps> say like... It only took him 900 episodes! <laughs> but no. But no, he's like, no, we're... This is all good. Like, this was... It's fine, we're Because there's, the version of this that works is him saying, I screwed up. I thought I could just let things go. They clearly got out of hand. I'm sorry.
1: Mm-hmm. In the way even that I thought in, it, But
0: even in that, even in my failure, God clearly made good things come of it.
1: Because you guys are good people, and even though bad things happen to you, God used them for his good.
0: And even if you—we don't know, like, where this is going to go and how this will affect you in the long term. But, like, I believe that these events are shaping you into a better person. I will hold out judgment of
1: this episode— until 901 is released and if it's not wit just eating his own feet and being like i screwed up
0: then i'm because (laughs) because right (laughs) that is the smallest writing change that makes a huge difference and i think is more impactful than what happens in this well and then it makes saying like like, "Mm -hmm." i screwed up i was out of line i let things go too far but at the end of the day god is still in control he made the right things happen i don't know how all of this plays out but it will be to his glory and then that leads so well into them living with him right and then we get this whole wonderful setup but instead he's like the, the 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 show can't White. like they it, can't bring themselves to make Wit fallible. <laughs> well, right. It's this thing. It's the thing of like they they can't quite decide if it's if it's a metaphor or not. Yeah, yeah. Like, is this allegory? Is is wit, this the real life? Is this, this just, just fantasy? fantasy? But like, is this allegorical in that like wit is God, and so like his actions are justified, or is this? Like, or is he a human character? And, like, the show has always presented him as a human character. He has screwed up in the past, and we have covered that on this show, and it is great. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they don't show him screwing up here, and instead just kind of double down, in a way where it's like... It is...
1: I think it's emblematic. It
0: is. So, here, 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 here's what I'm going to say. It is... God being all-powerful and righteous and holy, he is... Like, he has the ability and the, like... The, like... I want to say permission because that makes it sound like there would be things like he's, like, not... Like, it... Whatever, like, who's giving him that permission mm-hmm. is obviously, but like,
1: he has the the uh, independence to intercede like, in whatever God, aspect of creation God can, he desires.
0: God can have, like, in Scripture we see instances where bad things happen. Not only because God didn't intervene, mm-hmm. but at God's hand. Mm-hmm. God can do that because he is God. Mm-hmm. Humans cannot do that. Because you, humans you, are not God. Like, <laughs> Right. Because it is morally bankrupt for a human to claim that they are using, that they are doing that they did something bad so that something good could happen. 100% 100%
1: and so that is not true of God. The 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 theological difficulties that you were saying like I think that that, that boils like I think that that comes back to just it doesn't sit well that you're applying a human sense of justice to God. Right. Right. Like yeah. I just I don't understand yeah, <laughs> but, but like that's how like just the nature of theology and I've learned so much about this in school. It's just like it's just people. Everybody. John Calvin was a person. You know, Martin Luther was a person. These are all just people and every all people are just throwing pencils at the ceiling to see which ones stick. And theology is just the same. And some people have sharper pencils and so they stay up there a little bit longer. But that's about it. They're all just pencils. They're all just ideas. And, and and there's... Like, to say that one pencil is entirely right, that's to discredit all the
0: other pencils that are sitting up there as well. Right. And, and, you well, know... Yeah, and to, to say that one person has it all figured out is to it's discredit just, God. Exactly. <laughs> and it's just like, do you really want to do that? Do you yeah. really want to put that kind of pressure on yourself? And so the, the path that the show is taking... Just, just to be clear, that I haven't like m- taken like that. I'm not over like exaggerating things or whatever. I recognize that the show is not saying Wit did a bad thing so that something good would happen. Mm-hmm. The show is saying that Wit permitted bad things so that good things could happen, and I still don't think that that is morally. Because it's not Wit's role. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Do you that have anything is, else to say about this no, episode? That, I mean, th- that's that's where we have to. We got it. We got that's it. where we have to end things here. I got to take medicine. But just, yeah. Thank you for coming along on this adventure with us, listeners. I would love to hear the things that this episode conjured up in you. Mm, um, yeah. You know the ways to reach out to us. There will be links in the, in the show notes, as always. Um, but, yeah. Can I plug something? Let us know. Yeah, you you plug something, I'll plug something, then we'll get out of here. All right. So I have actually have something to plug this week. I went on
1: A- the AIO Audio News podcast uh, with uh, mentioned frequently on the show uh, Lee or Michael, um, and we talked about uh, an episode called Connie the Counselor, and it's one of the newer episodes. So if you're listening to this and you think to yourself, you know what, I just want some more Odyssey, and I want to listen to... Andrew and Michael talk about, uh, counseling. I had a great time, great time recording it. It was, uh, it was fun. It was a great episode. Um, I really, I have some pretty hot takes as far, not hot takes, but I have some pretty fun takes. Regarding you know what does it look like for Connie to be going to school for counseling and uh, it was it was really fun yeah because I, I didn't know that that was ever a part of the show at all and then she started
0: using counseling lingo and I was like wait a second right it's like you 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 know Chalk Squad when we get like people like Arthur or Drew on to talk about episodes that are things that they're passionate about. Um, It's like that. (laughs) It's like that, but it's Andrew and it's someone else's show. Yep, exactly.
1: And uh, if you ever want to, yeah, listen to what my voice sounds like on not a show that I'm involved in the making of, uh, go for it. Yeah, so there
0: will be a link in our show notes to that. And Dylan, what do you got to plug this week? Our own merch. Let's plug our own merch!
1: Sell out!
0: Guys, guys, we have a sweater Yeah, and it's pretty nice. That will be on sale until Christmas. It's real nice, actually. It is our logo on a green sweater. I love it. I spent a serious amount of time designing it. Um, If you are listening to this when it comes out, you can still order it um, because you have until December 25th. Mm -hmm. But uh, you won't get it in time for Christmas. So... I'm sorry, sorry about, about that. that but you can still get a dope sweater that has our logo on it and, um, and you can just show them
1: a picture of it on the website and they'll be all the more excited I mean it's a great Christmas present
0: because it's given not on Christmas <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um so yeah there's that um and with all that being said we're gonna be back in a week with our annual Christmas episode hey. what are we covering this time? Who knows? You'll we just wait. have to tune in to find out. We fly off the cuff. And this one's going to be numbered. Yeah, well. will. Bye, guys. Bye. WADFAM ChalkPod is a presentation of the Liditz Podcast Co-op. This show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or Focus on the Family. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at WadfamChockPod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at WODFAMChalkPod at gmail.com. The Rydell Revelations Part 3 was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Rasebo, and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for
1: more of the WODFAM Pod.